Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. This is a little segment that we like to call the DEI Roundtable, and I want to introduce a couple people to you. First up, Mr. Eric C. Smith, who's currently the managing member of Inclusive Roots, a boutique organizational development and marketing advisory firm with offices now based in Florida and specializing in cultural competence. Mr. Smith has consulted for numerous Fortune 100 advertising agencies, public relations firms and consumer product companies globally. Welcome, Mr. Smith. I also want to introduce to the program uh, back to the program, Dr. Chris Hunt, vice president and dean for equity and inclusion at Moravian University and instructor for racial and ethnic inequality in the Department of Sociology and anthropology dr hunt mr smith welcome to evening words thank you sir appreciate it all right good, good evening so first 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 this is a moment for evening words this is a moment for evening words because this is i think the first time on evening words where there are three omega men on evening words on the program together so that's that's a moment we're going to mark young jordan we got to mark that moment uh, 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 for 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 the history of of evening words, the the second point I want before I t- t- turn it over to to you brothers is when we when we kind of developed the idea for this segment, um, it was because you know we had it wasn't just me. There were folks here at the station who who pay attention to the news. We had noticed like just like a tremendous and well organized backlash. Uh, against diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts across sectors and across institutions. And so I was like, well, you know, I know some folks who do this work. I want to, I want to talk about it. I want to kind of, if, if, if you can excuse the, the pun here, I want to watchdog it a little bit, right? And, 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 and figure out more what's going on. Now that we're a few weeks into, to doing this segment, there are so many, there's so many stories. We can't even, it's, it's difficult to even keep up. With the amount of stories and amount of news of these organizations of 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 this kind of sort of shady, dark money feeding into these institutes to roll back these efforts on a regular and system, systematic basis. And so we even we had a couple of stories that I wanted to talk about. But then e, you shared the story from from Fast Company about Zoom and the, and the recent Zoom layoff Business Insider and other and Bloomberg and other uh, uh, news outlets are reporting this as well. But but before we even dive into that. I want to do a couple of things. One, let's get a definition of what diversity, equity, and inclusion is, right? Because I think there are some folks who are listening. Sometimes they, they're, they, you know, they're they're questioning that and wondering kind of what we're talking about. So I want to make sure everyone we have a shared sense of what it is we're talking about. And then I do want to dive into that most recent layoff and think a little bit about how sustained this particular backlash is against against these things. So I'll 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 throw it over to you first, E, and then to you, Dr. Hunt. Define define DEI from your perspective and, and where you sit in the work that you do. So when I kind of look at, at first of all, I want to say thank you for having uh, uh, me here. Um, uh, this is it's an incredible moment to be here with the bros, uh, <laughs> but also it's, it's it's powerful to be able to have this kind of conversation among my peers. So um, when I look at diversity, it's I, I look at it from the perspective of it's both um, acknowledging uh, differences as well as similarities mm-hmm. uh, within, within and among groups. Um, inclusion is around bringing those folks together uh, to, 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 to embrace and support those different perspectives. But equity is a little bit different. You know, equity, it's, it's a little bit harder for me to define because equity requires two things to happen. Equity requires that you acknowledge that disparities exist. Hmm. Um, then you must acknowledge that the systems that govern us were built by a group of people to benefit themselves at the expense of others. Let me say that one more time. Hmm. The systems that define the governance today were built by a group of people 
to benefit themselves at the expense of others. So equity is inherently the idea of disproportionately investing in those that have been marginalized in order to create a level of a, a place of a level playing field. Mm-hmm. So it requires disproportionate investments. And I think that's the challenge with equity is that most people are willing to acknowledge, very easily can acknowledge the first piece. The second part is real hard. Mm-hmm. And that's where it usually stops. Mm-hmm. And equity is never achieved. So I'll, 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 I'll pass it on mm-hmm. to the good brother here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll expand on that. Uh, the last part about equity and, and talk about the reason why language matters, because for generations, we talked about equality mm-hmm. uh, and the idea that everyone uh, gets and needs the same thing. And, and that is not true because uh, like uh, Brother Smith mentioned, that doesn't acknowledge uh, the context and, and where we got to where we are today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the the idea, and there's there's actually this illustration, I'm sure many viewers have seen it about, you know, uh, uh, someone trying to see over a fence mm-hmm. and everyone is, is, is different heights, but the fence is still the same height. Uh, and, you know, some people are going to need uh, different uh, mechanisms to be able to see over the fence. And so uh, there's a very big difference between equality and, and equity. As, as, as part of the goal of this work is to make sure that our citizenry and society is informed about those differences. Mm-hmm. Is it is it fair or safe to say that when you're trying to distinguish between equality and equity, equity focuses more on actual outcomes as opposed to like access and opportunity? I, I, I would agree that because when you look at, you know, access and opportunity, one would say we're going to give equal access and equal opportunity. Mm-hmm. Well, if that means that, you know, I can only have use of my hands and you give me a bike to ride and it has regular pedals, that's access, that's opportunity. I still can't use it. Mm. So you have to understand that there's another illustration of that same model, but it's with bikes. So instead of everybody getting the same bike at the same height, there's a bike that's for a woman, it's a little bit shorter. For a man, it's a little bit taller. For a child, it's their size. And for, for a person with disabilities, they're able to use their hands to move the bike. So mm-hmm. you have to understand who you're dealing with and the needs that they have so you can provide the proper vehicle or the proper mechanism or the right kind of access in order for them to be able to engage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And again, just to be clear for our listeners, you, you both work um, in either in corporate or in institutional spaces to advance DEI for those organizations. As a consultant, yes, I do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's talk about this Zoom piece. And, and, and pe- you know, it's, it's weird because we're actually on Zoom right now doing this right. interview. Um, but but uh, and I'll kick it to you first, Eric. W- what you know, when you saw the news uh, about Zoom, I don't think it shocked you at all. And Dr. Hunt, I feel the same way. I don't, I don't think it shocked you at all. But it, it helped people understand why it's frustrating to hear about these layoffs and kind of like, it's like the DEI version of last hired, first fired. But talk, 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 explain to folks about the the, the recent Zoom, uh, the, the company Zoom folks, the recent Zoom uh, layoffs and, and and why you thought that'd be an important thing for us to discuss in the DEI roundtable today. Well, I think it's an important thing to discuss because it's this is not just something that's happening out of the blue. This is tech companies in a broad base and a lot of other companies. Mm-hmm. And the idea of it is that 2020, you know, with the murder of George Floyd, yes, I said murder of George Floyd, there was a lot of outrage. Mm-hmm. People were, were were freaked out. They were scared. We were safer at home. So no one else had anything to do but to watch this, this brother get murdered for eight minutes and 46 seconds. So it drove America into a tizzy and in a state of fear, of, okay, we have to do something. Well, that something lasted for about three years-ish. Mm-hmm. That all of these, you know, we're going to start diversity councils. We're going to start, we're going to hire chief diversity officers. This was 
pervasive. We're going to have the DEI uh, uh, CEO roundtable. We're going to sign this document. Everybody's excited about it. Fast forward, you know, three and a half years later, we're rolling back all this stuff. Oh, we have we're, we, we, we have inflation. We've got to roll this back. And then you have the political pressures. And now we're seeing all of this stuff being rolled back. So in, in a place like Florida that I'm dealing with and the kind of uh, clients that I have, I just we just got a letter a couple of days ago from, you know, a, a state entity that went that sent a nasty grant to one of our clients. It was a well-worded threat mm. that says from a social media post, we realize you're getting funds and to do, you know, this DEI work, you know, that's against the law. Mm. And so said, now send us all the grant requirements, send us everything even on this company that, you, that you're going to use as, as your consultants so we can better understand what you're doing to make sure you're following the law, essentially, or, you know, there's going to be consequences. Mm. So, of course, our client is freaking out. But this is the kind of tactics that are being used to chill uh, um, uh, DEI. But you can look at what's happening with Zoom, and that's big, but there's other companies that are following suit. But the predecessor to that are some of the, the very clear statements that have been made by the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. You roll back uh, the uh, Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. You roll back. Um, you're rolling. You're starting to roll back uh, uh, voting rights, mm-hmm. um, and you're also rolled back affirmative action. That is a very clear signal. Oh, we don't. We don't have to do this. We really don't have to do this DEI stuff. So it's just given part and parcel and reason for folks to be let go. But these toward the the well the the when it comes to dealing with uh, challenges within our our financial structures, mm-hmm. the first thing to go is DEI. It's not co- perceived as value. One of the things that we look at all the time is the business case. Why do you do it? It's very simple. It's the browning of America. The world has already been browned. It's the browning of America. But these are your new clients. These are your new suppliers. These are also your new folks that are coming into your businesses. So you should have the infrastructure there to support them as they're coming in or else they can go someplace else. And that's very clear. That's happening. But when it starts to happen pervasively, it becomes that much more of a challenge in order to maintain, to, to retain, to recruit, retain, uh, uh, employees because the employees aren't looking the way that they used to look in the past. Hmm. But you also have this additional pressure, which we'll get into some of the other articles about folks and their desire to embrace whiteness in order to prosper. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Dr. Hunt, that's a, there's a lot there that E. Smith just put on the table, but yeah. I wonder if yeah. you, you could weigh in about your thoughts about about the Zoom article and, and what it reflects in terms of of how corporations and institutions in this nation feel like they have cover uh, to 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 fire and or remove departments that are largely departments of people of color. Right. Yeah. Now, Doc, we've talked before, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised either, mm-hmm. um, you know. Society knows how to do this, you know, anti-abolition, mm-hmm. uh, anti-civil rights, mm-hmm. uh, anti-DEI, you know, the the George Floyd, I, I think back to 2021, even you know, late 2020, mm-hmm. and you'd hear the windup, you know, since George Floyd, I and then whatever else the next person would say. Mm. Um, Dr. King had written years ago that. Uh, there was never an intention for society to go so far as true equality or equity, whatever word he said. Mm-hmm. Um, he, America was just um, triggered and and shocked uh, and shamed by the acts of like Bull Connor and mm-hmm. and some of his other contemporaries when they would see dogs and hoses on TV. That that moved the needle 
for that moment. And then things start to freeze up again. So um, I think what we have, have seen over these past uh, couple of years, few years, uh, was, you know, our momentary outrage to, as Brother Smith mentioned, having been stuck in our houses uh, and watching this man die um, in, in eight and a half minutes. Uh, and so there, there really wasn't any intention when these when these positions were created for them to really be sustained. Wow. Um, the what I am hopeful about, and one of the articles mentioned Pew Research Center. Mm-hmm. What I am hopeful about is hopefully one of the the upcoming generations, the generations that are that are a little younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's evidence there that uh, they are perhaps a bit more progressive in their ways of thinking and behaving than the previous generations. But, you know, time, time will tell. We have to uh, keep, keep, keep doing the work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, one, one, one quick follow up, Dr. Hunt. I mean, there, there, there might be some listeners out, out in our audience who are like, well, why do I care if a couple of, uh, of black and brown folks, some women got laid off at Zoom or some, some tech company, like c- connect the dots a little bit for, for for folks who 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 maybe want to understand why it's important to identify and at least through conversation wrestle with the, the, this kind of anti DEI backlash that is very well organized and running through almost every system in the United States right now. Yeah, a lot, I mean, a lot of these positions and and um, and opportunities are uh, are 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 ser- served in by people of color. Black folks, brown folks, mm-hmm. uh, folks from underrepresented um, uh, identities, uh, and so there, it, it's it's an attack on largely people's professions and, and ways of life. Uh, and I think some oftentimes what happens is even by association, there are folks who will see a person of color in a role, even if it's not in a DI position, mm-hmm. and. Think of them as a DEI hire, an affirmative action hire. You hear that language mm-hmm. um, being used. Historically, that language has been used. Mm-hmm. And so it, it it's not just about the one or two off departments um, that, that this has happened to, but it is a part, and we talked about this last week, as a part of uh, a larger strategy mm-hmm. uh, to go after not just DEI professionals, but black and brown folks and unrepresented folks across the board. Right. You already got conservative commentators basically saying, hey, I don't want to I don't even want to fly on a plane if there's a black pilot uh, on, on the plane. So they they they, they go there really, really quickly. we got to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll, we'll move on to some of these other articles. You're listening to Evening Words. We're in the midst of our DEI roundtable segment with Dr. Chris Hunt and Mr. Eric C. Smith. We're live on WRD 900 AM 96.1 FM. We'll be back after these messages. And now back to Evening Words with Dr. James Peterson on WURD 900 AM and 96.1 FM Philadelphia. Welcome back to Evening Words. I'm your host, Dr. James Peterson. We are live on WRD 900 AM 96.1 FM. We're in our DEI roundtable segment with Dr. Chris Hunt and Mr. Eric Smith. Good brothers, <laughs> welcome back to the program. Uh, so so, so I put this to both of you. Help us, help me, and help our audience to understand this. So, there are Republican lawmakers across the spectrum who are dismantling these DEI proposals, DEI initiatives, calling people out, saying that folks are being hired through affirmative action and DEI and no merit, et cetera, et cetera. Like they're all over the place saying this, but in their own political calculus, they are actively trying to get women and people of color to run for office. So 
What and we'll go to you first, Doctor Hunt. What explain explain that irony or that hypocrisy, if you will? I, I was going to say, are, are you asking me to talk about hypocrisy? <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's it, it's it's not. They don't even hide that part anymore. They say the quiet parts out loud. Hmm. Um, this is all, you know. I think they certainly are are recruiting candidates by by running polls to see who's going to you know be able to appeal to the. Um, that the the particular district that they're running in. Um, the, the other thing is just because they are uh, anti DEI uh, doesn't mean that they are anti winning. So if they can run a person from a marginalized identity uh, mm-hmm. and win, that's the goal. Um, and so you know that now it, it was tested uh, this week in uh, the congressional district in New York, and and it didn't work. No, uh, it, that, it failed, but it was close. It was fairly close, but but yeah, it did not work. It, it, it was close, uh, but they weren't ashamed to to run that candidate. Uh, just because someone had comes from a marginalized identity doesn't mean that they're going to believe in values like diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm. Uh, you know, you you can run for president and not believe in those values. There was somebody in the Republican primary running uh, this cycle and, and still and someone else who still is running in this cycle. That's right. Vivek Ramaswamy um, and, and Nikki Haley. That's right. Exactly. That's exactly. Right. Uh, and so it's not a, it's not a one for one. It, it, what, what comes down to is can they can they win in the end? And also, you know, for them to be able to add on uh, some women, handful of minorities, they get to step back and say, hey, we're not, you know, we 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 embrace everybody. We have there there he is and there she is. We're we're good. Mm. Uh, and then the rest of the the of that uh, profile can look one particular way. So um, I don't think that just because they are anti this work uh, necessarily means that they um, wouldn't run a person of color to win a congressional district. Mm. E Smith, you want to weigh in on this hypocrisy piece? I mean, it's it's it's. I, there's not much more I can say, brother Hunt. Just he nailed it. Um, but it's this is about business, folks. Mm. I mean, people want to look at the political structure as politics. Politics is big business. It's one of the big, biggest businesses that are out there. So, if, but but this what's what's interesting and it's counterintuitive is that the Republicans are proving out the business case for diversity. That's right. The business case for diversity specifically states that purely with census data, black. Non-Hispanic is on a kind of at a flat line. Uh, Hispanic is on an incline. Asian is on a incline. Incline. White non-Hispanic is on a decline. Birth rates versus deaths. So the 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 the, the race of white people in general is de- is decreasing. It's getting smaller, mm. whereas the people of color are getting larger. It only makes sense to involve them in your process. It only makes sense to hire them. It only makes sense to support them. It doesn't mean your ideologies change. It's like great, you're here now. Go sit in the corner. Hmm. Go be the spook that sat by the door. So the idea is that we may bring you into the house, but you will never sit in the living room. Right. Mm. It's the idea of uh, of uh, doc interest interest convergence. If, if my interests if my interests um, can be uh, helped by your involvement, then I'll get you involved. But only if I if I get something out of it. Mm. Mm. I mean, I so I I, I want to figure out if there's some way for us to. His- expose that hypocrisy in a way that pushes back and fights back against the rollback of DEI programs, initiatives and roles at different corporations, organizations and institutions. I mean, if the very same lawmakers who are trying to dismantle DEI practices and DEI efforts 
are actually using the principles of DEI in some way in order to advance the Republican agenda. That to me seems to someone and not me here, but someone needs to write not bad about that. Someone needs to speak specifically about that. And we're reading articles that show the data around that. But I don't know if anyone has like given us a clear eyed juxtaposition of those two things. On the one hand, these are the same folks screaming, hollering about the unfairness of DEI, how terrible it is, reverse racism, all the code words they use and they're well funded in doing it. But in terms of their planning around their own political business, they are actively recruiting and identifying women and people of color to run for office who represent their 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 values in the process. It's a stunning example of hypocrisy in this in the space. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. And I, I just keep coming back to, uh, you know, we 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 don't talk about political hypocrisy. You can talk about the. Um, Supreme Court nomination process mm. uh, when Obama was nominating Merrick Garland versus when uh, Trump was nominating uh, Coney Barrett and mm. how close they were. So, I mean, the the, the hypocrisy part is, is uh, unfortunately, it seems like that's the part that that, that is said out loud uh, uh, with with no with no shame. Mm. Mm. I mean, I think also the hypocrisy if you even look going into the Supreme Court justices, look at Clarence Thomas. Yeah, uh, a person that voted against affirmative action and is a clear recipient of it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, the, so this also goes to the whitewashing of people of color that actually believe this makes sense. I'm going to be a part of this cycle or this cycle or this machine that says you're valued as long as you align with me and we'll give you a little bit of hush money to go sit in the corner. Mm. So it, it's, it's still amazing to me that folks that look like us are actually supported. Like the brother that was on you know, on, on WRD, not that uh, a few a segment ago, I was I was flabbergasted at the same time to hear folks that align with these kind of ideologies mm-hmm. that consistently go against who they are as people is utterly amazing. Yeah, it's it's that, you know, stunning to me. I, I have to work hard to try to keep my composure as, as the host slash moderator mm-hmm. here. But uh, what I find is, is that for folks who are aligned with with that kind of you know extreme right wing ideology, to a man, and they are mostly men here, they they also you know the facts don't matter for them, right? Like like actual facts don't matter, and that to me is I don't care really if your political opinion is different from mine, your your experience in the world could be different from mine, all that stuff, but. I just want to live in a world and 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 host a radio program where like the facts actually matter. No, no, I, I, I don't. I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead brother. Oh, because I, I was just gonna say, um, Doc, I, I appreciate it the way you manage that uh, because facts do matter, and we are. But, but unfortunately, we are we are in a a, a post uh, facts era. It seems like wow. uh, because of how folks consume their their media and and where they get their information from. Um, these these bad facts websites have you know been proliferate proliferated over the past several years. Mm, mm. I mean, the idea that you got introduced in the presidential cycle, the idea of fake news, right? What? What? First of all, what is that? Right. I mean, the the the, the name in and of itself is oxymoronic. So right. you have that along with people consuming getting their facts right. from Facebook, right. from Facebook facts. So, so these in and of itself, and then the bandwagon approach, it's really hard to discern what is actual fact, um, and unless you're actually going to go through the data yourself mm-hmm. and come up to you with, with with your own uh, understanding of what's actually happened. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just it's that much more challenging to discern 
you know, fact from fiction. And it's, 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 it's become very, very difficult in order to get real, real perspective from people that actually have facts that are based, you know, from this world or from this planet. Mm-hmm. We, we don't have enough time to really dive into the to the third article. And I'm sorry we had too many articles to get through for the roundtable this week. But 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 to Dr. Hunt, I you know, the the Kentucky article is like it's basically like a Florida styled bill in Kentucky that is. And sorry, E, but it is your state that's the model for some of this. It's a Florida styled bill. But I feel like they always target educational institutions first. Right. Can so maybe can you talk a little bit about why what's the strategy behind always targeting education? Like they, they want to ban books. They wanna, you know, they want to get rid of African American studies and black studies. And in this particular case, they're trying to get rid of DEI at all Kentucky public colleges and universities. Why 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 what's the strategy behind targeting educational institutions first with this kind of anti-DEI effort. Yeah, and I'm not sure if if in Kentucky they've targeted the K-12 system, but, you know, it's the, it's trying to eliminate history and trying to eliminate the context that we've set earlier um, here in the program, in, in the segment, where uh, you don't know how we got here in 2024 today. And so, uh, you know, I, 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 gave a, I gave a talk, I, I give a talk where I talk about the... Um, history books that were used in fourth, seventh, and 11th grade in Virginia, Mm -hmm. and how they talked about slavery in a way that sounded like it wasn't really that bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is some of the language that uh, folks like Governor DeSantis have used. Uh, And so that sort of mindset, we're trying, I think the strategy, Doc, is to try to recycle some of those notions uh, here in in 2024 and, and moving forward. So um, it, 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 it's, a, it's, it's very, it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we need to, we need to continue to, to do our work and to continue to raise these issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got about 30 seconds if you want to weigh on that piece as well. So, so real quick, the, the idea of it also is that if you start to eliminate the, the, the act, the access and you start to reduce graduation rates of people of color at higher institutions, now that affects the workforce. Wow. Now that affects the ability to earn. Wow. Not it affects the fact that you're able to to be in the middle class. But if you also look at at the uh, rollback of affirmative of affirmative action that did have impact in terms of getting people of color into college, the more that you roll that back, the less powerful we are. And in terms of books, it's very simple. Knowledge is power. If right. you don't know who you are, where you came from, then you don't have the ability to stand your ground when it comes really tough in terms of of growing up in life. Mm, mm, mm. I want to thank uh, Dr. Chris Hunt and Mr. Eric C. Smith for joining us on this week's version of the DEI Roundtable. Hope to see you brothers back live on air sometime soon. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM and online at wordradio.com. 